the editor-in-chief of the Cornell Review, a correspondent for Campus Reform, a young scholar at Cornell University. He hosted a talk show that broadcast to 20 million people. He's a best-selling author, and he's just getting started. The one, the only, Joe Silverstein. Welcome to the program, uh, Brett Josh P. Esquire. How are you doing? I'm good, Joe. How are you? Good to talk to you again. I'm doing good, and it's an honor to have you on. So you're representing students that have been thrown out of a program at Northeastern University for allegedly violating uh, social distancing policies. Uh, can you just elaborate on what that situation is? And to me, the most striking thing about this is that the school, even though they threw them out of the program, the school kept the money. And that to me seems like that's really the big issue here. Um, so could you yeah. just go into the details of the case and, and what the circumstances surrounding it are? Sure. Yeah, un unfortunately, there, there seem to be far too many of these uh, incidents involving colleges these days, but they really have, you know, taken a uh, imperious posture to their own students, which is unfortunate. But the particular circumstances around this situation are uh, 11 Northeastern students, incoming freshmen, um, many of whom were probably away from their families for the first time, some of whom were students from foreign countries, uh, were on the, um, were, were staying in the Weston Hotel in, in Boston, which is, uh, I guess, being used by Northeastern as a, uh, a dormitory facility for the semester. Um, a group of them were allegedly in a room uh, watching a basketball game uh, with masks on, um, all having recently tested negative for COVID. Um, and they were dismissed uh, by the school for allegedly violating their uh, COVID guidelines, uh, which, are, which are absolutely far from clear. Um, and the school is taking the position that not only are these students uh, uh, kicked out of the school for the semester, not only are they unable to take classes remotely, but as you mentioned, uh, they are forfeiting their $36,000 plus tuition, which uh, is just one of the most absurd, egregious, and arrogant things I I've ever heard of, frankly, in my entire life. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. And I wouldn't be happy at all with a school throwing me out and trying to keep my tuition. So that's what the case is about, the financial damages here, the fact that the university threw these people out and said, we're going to keep your money. That has to be a violation of, of various laws. Well, I think there's a bigger picture. I mean, that, that's obviously, I, you know, I think anybody, uh, regardless of your political views and where you might stand on, on the state of COVID in America, I think anybody can understand the absurdity of a school um, or, or frankly, any service provider taking that kind of position that you don't get the service or the product that you bargain for, um, but the, the service provider gets to keep your money. Um, everybody can understand that, but obviously there is a bigger picture here as well. Um, on, on, a, on a large scale, I think part of what's going on is, is you have these colleges that have really become increasingly disconnected from the average American. Uh, they, 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 they operate in many ways like governments, um, uh, in some ways like corporate America. I think you see them increasingly out of touch 
with their consumers, which are not only the students who attend these schools, but the parents who generally pay their astronomically high tuitions. So you have, you have kind of this backdrop of these colleges really acting in a way that is increasingly brazen, increasingly imperious. Um, we talked before about um, another case that we're handling, the, the free speech case involving Austin Tong and Fordham University. And you're seeing uh, a lot of those kinds of cases all across the country, you know, schools kicking kids out, uh, banning kids, suspending kids for saying things that are politically incorrect. And, and I really think it's reaching a, a, a kind of a crisis level. Um, thankfully, the Trump administration has been pretty proactive in starting to investigate these schools and police these schools and look more seriously into some of these infractions. But it's time that Americans and, 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 and consumers of, of these products from all over the world, frankly, it's time that they start holding these schools accountable too. Um, ultimately, these schools are like many other organizations, they, they respond to one thing and that's money. And when you're getting a product like these schools are delivering, which is increasingly a bad subpar product, kids being taught uh, indoctrinated with anti-American uh, nonsense, um, being taught completely non-scientific, uh, 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 non-evidence-based theories, um, just total nonsense. Um, not, not, not developing, not acquiring the skills that are necessary to be a free-thinking member of society and a, and a contributor to society. And, 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 and again, I, I think people need to start to hold these schools accountable. And this is just another example of the arrogance that you're seeing from a lot of these officials. And then on, on another level, of course, you have just the backdrop of COVID. I'm sure that the uh, people at Northeastern who imposed this punishment who imposed this punishment thought that they were being good, responsible uh, citizens and members of the community and sending a message that there will be no tolerance for not, not following guidelines. But, you know, you have to look at these rules and, and, and they're not, first of all, they're not, many of them are not logical. Um, many of them are inconsistent. Um, they, they don't make sense. You know, rules for rules sake, is not a good thing. It's, it's, not, it's not helpful. Stupid rules are worse than no rules. And in a lot of cases, you have rules that are just being enacted totally arbitrarily, uh, rigidly enforced without accounting for any of the context, any of the circumstances that, 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 are, that are extremely important. You know, many of these kids, again, these are incoming freshmen. They're home, they're, they're, they're away from their families, some of them for the first time ever. And what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to sit in, in, a, in a hotel room for, for two weeks. I mean, it just, you know, and, and, then, and then you're going to impose a totally draconian punishment just to make a point. Um, it, it's, you know, and I, and I think you're seeing a lot of frustration from people all across the country. It's, it's obviously, it's not just at the college level. You have mayors and governors all across the country that are ruining businesses, that are destroying lives. Here in New York City, our, our uh, uh, absentee mayor, who has literally destroyed the city during his tenure, has announced that restaurants will not be able to do indoor dining until June of 2021. I mean, just, just indiscriminately ruining businesses, 
um, you know, with, with, with totally oblivious to the, the consequences of that. And, and so, you know, I, I look at what happened at Northeastern and I think you're, you're seeing a lot of that same kind of thing throughout the country. And, you know, people have a right to be, to be angry and, and, to, and to be sick of it. And again, ordinary people need to start standing up and saying enough is enough. Yeah, certainly. I agree with that. And here in New York City, de Blasio is, I call him the great disgrace. I mean, it's really a disgrace what he's done to the city and the fact that so many small businesses are choking. And um, it's definitely tragic. And even at Cornell, you see a power grab. Now they're saying to return to campus in the spring 2021 semester, you have to have your flu shots, the regular flu shots. Now, normally, flu shots aren't something that's mandated. It's something that a lot of people don't get because in some aspects, they tend to be ineffective. They tend to have negative side effects. But um, it's one of those things where the university is now forcing that. And that's another, however you feel about it, that's another stripping away of personal choice. And just, yeah. to, just to recap the facts of this specific case at hand here. Um, so you said that these people, these students, they were wearing masks. That had, they had all tested negative for the coronavirus recently prior to that. So this isn't a case where there's a house party of 100 people with no masks all over each other. This is a group of relatively small group of friends with masks on, and they're taking all the precautions that are possible. Yeah, yeah. To say that this was an unsafe gathering, I think, is a gross overstatement. I think that my understanding is that these uh, students were actually acting with great caution, um, and again, the school has, has created rigid rules. They've put these kids in a totally untenable situation. I mean, look, it's better to say we're not going to have any class, we're not going to have any presence on campus than to have this middle ground that's totally unworkable, that, that, you, that, that, that puts people in a situation where, you know, they're going to have to make choices that don't make sense. Again, they, none, none of these rules account for the a mental or the emotional costs or the emotional or mental toll that this puts on people. The, 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 these rules are, they're rigid, they're uncompromising, they're, they're, they, they, they are self-contradictory. Um, so yeah, so, so it, it, you know, in this case, this was not a raging frat party um, and in fact, the school, you know, based on my understanding so far is that the school, you know, was, was quite eager to uh, let the media know about this. And um, there are a number of media reports that have called this a party or depicted this as a party, which is, which is absolutely a mischaracterization. So, you know, it's, it's totally disproportionate. Um, it's, it's a totally draconian penalty. Um, and again, it's, it's just amazing to me that you know, these schools think that for the privilege of paying them $36,000 a semester, in many cases to learn complete drivel, that, you know, you, you, you get to submit to their uh, prosecutorial authority, where they just kick you out of the school and say, oh, we get to keep your money. It's, it's, it's so offensive to me. Yeah, no, it's certainly true. And that was part of the big reason I decided to take classes remotely from Cornell this semester is because many of the rules are draconian that the university is imposing. And uh, there's a limit of now they say if 100 people get infected with the coronavirus, they're going to close down the campus in a school of, of 16,000 people, 100 people is it's like not even it's a fraction of a percentage. It's a very low number of people. 
uh, relatively speaking. I've said for exactly. a while now, these schools, what they should be doing is they should be uh, basing closures based on the amount of available ICU and, and hospital beds in the region. That should be the indicator of when to close a school is how many hospital beds are available in that region. Because a lot of times when you get in these colleges is sure, the number of cases is going to tick up a little bit. But at the same time, the people who are getting infected are people who statistically are at the lowest risk. You have young athletes. In Cornell's case, there was a, a, a party and it was an athletic party and these people are young, they're athletic, they're 20, they're healthy. And a couple of them got coronavirus, but that's certainly not a reason to close down the school because for them, it, uh, statistically speaking, it'll be cold, it'll be uh, something that's mild and and it'll be what it is. But because of mm -hmm. the draft, yep, I was just saying because of the draconian policies, a lot of people decided uh, not to go back to campus. And I see at Cornell, I mean, they put out a video of the Cornell bear, you know, the Cornell bear, you graduated. Yeah. Cornell, yes. The big red bear. And yes. the big red bear has a mask on in this commercial. So, okay, fine. So I guess it's not the biggest deal, but then the bear is walking by himself on the fields of the, of the art squad and he's still wearing the mask and they're showing videos of students walking by themselves with no one within 200 feet of them. And they have a mask on outdoors. So I, I think yeah. there's a bit of mass hysteria that's going on as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even Anthony Fauci said recently that sending kids home because of a so-called outbreak on campus is the worst thing you can do. I'm, I'm, you're, you're sending kids home in many cases to be in a higher risk population, namely their parents or perhaps their grandparents or other people that they might be living with. So Again, you know, the, a lot of these people purport to be advocates of science, but what they're doing is not based in science. It's based on bureaucratic control. And you said it, you said it right, you hit it right on the head. This is about taking more control and controlling people's lives and imposing arbitrary, illogical, nonsensical rules. And, 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 and people, I mean, people ought to have had enough of it. I mean, it's, 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 it really is about, it's, it's in many cases, I'm not minimizing coronavirus. I'm not minimizing the, the, the fact that it obviously has imposed real health costs on society. But, you know, at some point, society has to move forward. Life has to go on. We need to function as a society. And these, you know, the, these half measures are, are, are not working. And, and, and again, they're not logically consistent. Absolutely. And you see in society, I just read an article this morning in the Wall Street Journal that the opioid crisis is out of control now. It's worse than ever. And you yep. see with livelihoods, it's just destroying them. So keep us updated on what happens with the case and keep us updated if there's any more cases that arise that you take up because what you're doing is really something that's important and something that's significant. You're really at the front lines of this battle that's happening on college campuses across the country between the first case, the free speech case with Austin Tong, and now this uh, atrocity of what the school's trying to commit here. Uh, so keep fighting and winning the good fight, Brett. And we really respect and appreciate the work you do here at the Cornell Review. And, um, and we look forward to having you on again. Thank you, Joe. And likewise, keep up your great work. And thanks for having me on. And I'll definitely keep you posted. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Joe Silverstein podcast. 
Visit www.joesilverstein.com and follow Joe on Twitter at SilversteinUSA. Visit www.thecornellreview.org to keep up with breaking news, our latest articles, and more. Like The Cornell Review on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. God bless America.